Quick shout out to our patrons Callie Harlan, Timothy O'Keefe, Wicked Encounters, Yanai Ravid, and Alex Peltier. Thank you so much for tuning in to the final episode of Season 1 of The Patient Files. If this is your first episode, stop. Go back to Episode 1. Or don't. I'm not really your boss. But you'll be pretty lost. A quick few announcements before the show. Even though that we will be taking a small break and letting our voice actors out of the basement for a little bit, we have some bonus content scheduled to drop in the feed until Season 2. So, please look out for that and our socials for updates. Speaking of, come follow us. You could also hit that spicy like button, or better yet, join our Patreon. There you'll find an exclusive show, H. Gray Investigations. Check it out. Seriously, you won't regret it. Also, enjoy early access to our episodes and view our scripts. And a quick reminder that the Q&A question deadline for Season 1 closes in one week from this episode's official release. So, make sure to submit your questions on our socials or drop us an email. All links can be found in the description. Alright. Please, enjoy the show. And remember, stay safe, stay sane. The light was warm and felt... safe? No. Nurturing, perhaps. There came a moment where I felt as if I ceased to stop walking, but instead, simply floated gently forward. It was as if my physical form had lost all sense of meaning, and instead, I had become pure thought and intent. Then, it was over. We stepped out of the strange area, this antithesis to the void we had encountered before, and onto solid footing once more. My mind was still in a small daze as I tried to re-grab onto my senses. are you? How did you get here? Hold on. We aren't here to fight. Speak for yourself. Try it, you... Lucian? Dr. Beckett, calling out my name caught me off guard, I'll admit. I took in the details of the woman in front of me. She looked like the picture of the ID badge Charles showed us, although in far worse condition. Her hair was pulled back in an attempt at a ponytail. Strands of it had come loose, giving her an unkempt appearance. Her clothes were no better. Wrinkled and dirty scrubs under a just as tarnished lab coat. Her brown eyes wore heavy bags and stress lines creased across her forehead. She was a far cry from the put-together version of her we had witnessed until this point. Her dried and cracked lips parted to speak once more. Lucian, is that you? I'm sorry, have we met before? No, it can't be. Dr. B? You know her. How did I not see it before? Well... In my defense, Dr. B, you are far older, and dare I say, more ragged than I remember. Excuse me? Donahue, what's going on? Ah, yes, of course. Apologies. Everyone, this is Dr. B. Dr. B? Everyone. She was the household doctor from my childhood. Fixed up a number of broken bones and bruises, if I recall. You'll have to forgive me, it's been ages. I barely recognize you. Why are you here? How are you here? We were actually looking for you. My name is Dr. Charles Talbot. We're looking for Dr. Gavin Olin. Talbot? Uh, H. Gray. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Hi, I'm Elijah Olin, but my friends call me Eli. I'm sorry, did you say Elijah Olin? Dr. Beckett, although confused, no longer had the posture of a cornered animal. The room appeared to be a patient's recovery room. A set of windows showed the image of a night sky. Clouds barely covered the moon and stars causing the space to be lightly washed with celestial light. A bed was in the center of the room. Numerous machines surrounded it, and a single chair was pulled up to the bedside. A mass of blankets were snugly pulled over the form of a person who lay there, unmoving. Dr. Beckett took a moment to collect herself. Her eyes darted between Eli, Donahue, and Talbot. I seem to be worth... Barely a glance. <sighs> Gavin, why are you looking for him? He is missing. Missing? <laughs> Not likely. Uh, he is. He has been for months. He hasn't been home or shown up to the office at all. It's true, I'm afraid. What's more is it would seem clear minds may be involved in his disappearance. You want to run that by me again? 
Why would clear minds? I don't buy it. I didn't either, but I was sent here as his replacement. Since then, it has become clear to me that he isn't retired, like I was led to believe. I see. <sighs> you wasted a trip? I can't help you. Please leave. I'm sure you know the way out. Actually, no. We don't, as a matter of fact. I think you know that, don't you? Dr. Beckett didn't respond. She looked defeated and sad. Seeing her like that almost made me want to cry. Mr. Talbot, Mr. Donahue, and I walked closer to her. I don't know about them, but I wanted to see what was in the bed. A heavy knot in my stomach, however, told me before I even saw her. Luna. It's funny, I've never met her. Never seen a picture or had her described to me. But looking at her in that moment, I just knew. That was Luna. H-Grade didn't approach with us. Instead, he made his way over to the side table and leaned against it. What are you doing? You can't smoke in here. Uh-huh. You want to tell him or should I? Dr. B, what is he talking about? Look at your hands. Really look at them. I slowly brought my hand up to my face. I studied it for a moment, and then for another. But that's... no. How? Charles and Eli looked at me in confusion before inspecting their own hands. I watched as their mind went through the same confusion I just had before the inevitable realization. It's not your hand, is it? You know it's attached to you, you know it's there, and you know it's a hand. But you also know it's not your hand. Am I right? What does this mean? It means you're dreaming. Well, in a dream, anyway. I don't get it. Luna, have you noticed yet? My eyes fell onto her next. She couldn't have been more than 12 years old. She looked peaceful and still. Too still. She's not breathing. Is she- No! Don't you dare say it! But she isn't breathing. And why would she need to breathe? We're in a damn dream! Her dream! Just because she isn't breathing doesn't mean she isn't alive. She isn't dead. She can't be. This is her. This is all her. She dreams. The dead don't dream. The dead don't have a heartbeat. The dead don't have a pulse. Look at the machines. Her vitals are fine. Here, feel. She's alive. You can feel it, can't you? Dr. Beckett stared at me intensely as I took her pulse. Her eyes were wild and had a desperation in them. Silently, she begged me to agree. She was hanging on by a thin wire that could snap without hope. So, I could feel my heart break as the words left me. I don't... I'm sorry, I don't feel anything. Her pulse stopped a long time ago. But she isn't dead. Dr. Beckett's attention snapped to him. She was confused and a small flash of hope hung around her. It's worse than death, isn't it? Stopped. She is stopped. That's... horrifying. Luna isn't simply dead. She is stopped, like we were every time a memory played. She is stuck, unable to move, unable to speak, just... aware. How long? How long has she been trapped? Days. Weeks. Months. Years. Or maybe... Just seconds. It's not so bad, is it? She's here. Here with me. She can dream up anything she wants. Is it really so bad? Why can't we just be here like this? Forever. Just her and I. My girl. My little Luna. But it's not just you and her. I didn't ask you to come here. It's not my fault. Why couldn't you just stay away? Why couldn't you just leave us be? 
How did we get here? Luna. Her ability grew, didn't it? Let me guess, she could pull things from her dream into the waking world. At least, at first. Then, she began to take things into her dreams. She was dying. Faster than ever before. I couldn't do anything. I just had to watch. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. You asked her to stay with you. Your child was dying and you begged her not to go. Of course I did. I love her. She makes me better. She makes me whole. I was half a person before her. A world without her smile? Without her laughter? How could I live in a world without that? Without her? And how could a child bear to hear their mother in pain? So, with her final breath, she pulled you into her dream world, stopping time for you both. Selfish. What? You're so selfish! Luna trapped herself for you! Also, you wouldn't have to be sad. And all you thought about was your pain, your loss. You didn't want a world without her laughter, without her smile. Look around. She can't do any of those things. And to make it worse, you're still sad. She did this for nothing. But this is her dream. She could- Dream? You think this is a dream? Perhaps once it was. Perhaps once that window showed a shining sun and she created the perfect world for you and her. Have you ever left this room? It's a nightmare. A child's fears and her worst memories come to life. What do you want me to do? I can't control this. This is her dreamscape. You asked us why we're here. How we're here. You're looking at the reason. Luna. She can't take it anymore. She can't take the nightmares. Your sorrow. I can't. I... She needs you to let her go. To say goodbye. Dr. B went to speak, but no words came out. She outstretched a hand and gently placed it on Luna's. There was a long moment of silence. She hung her head and did her best to stifle her sobs. Finally, she said what Luna needed her to, and I would wager that she needed to say it aloud. It's okay, sweetie. Mommy's here, and she loves you very much. You... You don't have to fight anymore. Just let go. No more nightmares. No more pain. No more tests. You'll be in a better place. A place with so much ice cream. Mommy will always love you. The clouds outside began to part, and the moon's light cascaded into the room and spilled across Luna's features. A small, fragile smile formed on her face. Soon the light grew, and much like when we entered the room, we were wrapped in its warm glow. And slowly it faded. Rain pattered against the window outside. The sound nearly drowned out by the machine. You did the right thing. I'm sorry. I really am, but... Just... Give me a moment alone. Please. We waited in the hallway for her return. Her eyes were red and it was clear that she had been crying. With good reason, of course. I imagine she didn't stop until every tear had been expelled. Her movements were slow and sluggish. 
Are you sure you don't need more time? It's only been 20 minutes, Dr. B. Perhaps for you. I'm fine. The rooms have been altered, courtesy of Gavin. Time runs much faster in the recovery rooms. 20 minutes out here is days in there. I see. I'm sorry to bring this up, but... It's fine. Let's get this little Q&A over with. I have funeral arrangements to make. Of course. Dr. Gavin Olin's last known location was here. We don't know when this was, exactly. But he was here to see a writer. Thomas Gardner. Ah, yes. I remember that one. Took scissors to his ears, if I'm not mistaken. If you're looking to build a timeline, it's not so simple. Right. City stuff, I'm guessing. Yes, sure. But that's only one part of it. It's not only the recovery rooms that have had some temporal alterations. There are sections of the hospital where time moves much slower as well. To put it as simply as I can, the outside of the building is roughly five years old. Last time I checked. But those of us who work here, time is even harder to keep straight. I couldn't help but notice the way you said that comment. How new are you to the city? I had my first exposure to a creature on August 18th. Uh, sorry. 27 days ago. Ah, good. You survived your first hunt, then. Still, it's strange that Clear Minds didn't give you any information beforehand. Frankly, Clear Minds kept Charles in the dark about everything, it would seem. I'm sorry, did you say first hunt? I wouldn't worry. The city rarely sends more than one. As I'm sure you know by now, a few days, weeks at most, after your first exposure, are the most crucial. Another monster will always show up to hunt you. I don't think the monster knows, to be honest. It's an interesting field of study. Wait, hold on. What hunted you, Mr. Talbot? Ah, that would be... Huh. I don't think I've been hunted yet. I mean, sure, I've had experiences since then, but I went to them. Oh, really? How interesting. And you said you came to the city in August. Little under a month ago, from your perspective. Oh, uh, no. I came to the city July 5th. Or, from my perspective, I have been here 71 days. Oh. Then your hunt should have started much further back than that. What? Gavin's office, and I would say even some of his files, could be considered paranormal events. Simply stepping into his office is enough to start a hunt. I'm sorry, what? That is quite the puzzle. Then again, it should be noted that Charles doesn't exactly follow the established rules of the city. We're getting off topic. Right. I started this hospital to help those who triggered their hunt. Gavin is a great man, but he's still one man. What is your relationship with him anyway, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> Complicated. I used to work for Clear Minds. I actually volunteered to enter the city. An opportunity to discover the unknown and work on the frontier of cutting-edge science. What a load of crap. It was a one-way trip. Well, for most of us. Us? Oh yeah. There have been many before me, and many after, I would guess. Hmm. Dr. Olin mentioned he was heading out of the city. Would you know anything about that? <sighs> yeah. There are plenty of ways out. Just not many of us are brave enough to try. But you just said- Look, I don't have the time and energy to explain every small detail of the city that I have learned over the decades. However, Gavin can come and go as he pleased. There are cracks in this dimension. You can't jump in a car, get on a plane, but there are these rifts that lead in and out. Problem is, you have no idea where or when you'll end up. Trust me, there are far worse places than the city. How did Dad do it then? You think he told me? Apparently, there was a lot he didn't tell me. From what we know of him, that makes sense. Where are these cracks? I have no clue. True, I came through one, but the city itself tries to hide them from you. In a very real sense. If you were to look at a brain scan of those who've gone through these rifts, you'll find scar tissue in the part that controls memory. So, another dead end. At least, we learned that the cracks lead out, and that's how Dad left? Not much to go on, but it's more than we had. Sorry, I couldn't be more helpful. Not at all, Dr. B. Thank you. One more question. 
Every patient and most doctors that come through here end up disappearing or dying. Why? Ah, uh, yes. Again, I treat those who have had contact with the paranormal and supernatural. Sadly, the best way to protect these individuals is to relocate them, fake their deaths, and place them with more seasoned survivors. Sometimes I send them to Gavin as well. As far as the doctors, well, they're bound to run into the same forces eventually when treating our clients, aren't they? I keep them for as long as I can, but often I have to relocate them as well. It's a staffing nightmare. Oh, that reminds me. Your new receptionist mentioned a new dean of medicine? Are you hanging up the coat? No. New receptionist? Of course. Just like her to make a move as soon as my daughter... I'm sorry, but I really must end our conversation here. I have much to take care of. Of course. Don't let us keep you. We took the elevator back to the ground floor and left. We all felt an odd mixture of emotions, I think. In part, we did good and helped both Luna and Dr. B. But we also didn't get anything actionable to continue our lead. Still, it wasn't a dead end either. Dr. Charles Talbot, recording for personal records. The date is... Wait, hold on. How long were we in the hospital? Anywhere between a day, two maybe. Uh, we went in on the 14th. Then we were in a dream, which I guess could have been timeless. Then we were in a recovery room for a few minutes, which runs faster. We could just say it's like the 15th, or we could play safe and say the 16th? No, I need the exact date. Why? I bet he's trying to label our tapes from experience. Speaking of, how did organizing them go? It went well, but that's not the point. Okay, that's part of the point, but... I mainly ask because I have to send back my report and audio tapes. Oh, right. Yes, of course. Those are mailed out every 15th of the month, correct? Yes. And since I've never been late, I don't want to start now. It might be too suspicious. Or in the very least, if I am, I need to attach an excuse. Yeah, that makes sense. Still weird, though. Dad didn't mail things out often and kind of just did it when he felt like it. Knowing your father, he probably did have a deadline, but was too disorganized to make the trip to the post office. Wait. That's it! Eli, you're a genius! Thanks! Why? What is it, Talbot? Mail. It's mail! Well, Charles lost it. We all knew it was only a matter of time. No! Okay. It's simple. So simple. Dr. Olin must have had mailed things back to clear minds. In the Thomas Gardner memory, he even said that he would normally mail his concerns. Don't you get it? Mail. Where is the post office sending the tapes and my reports? <laughs> to clear minds. And we know they're getting them. You got that email scolding you for not using materials provided, which they would only know if they received them in the first place. I always knew the mailmen were evil. Screw your deadline. It's close enough to the date. Get everything ready, and let's send it out today. Oh, we put my phone in the box. Good thinking. You still have that Fetch My Friend app? It's Find My Friend, but yeah. And to be safe, we could tail them. What do you think, Charles? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, but to be clear, we are only looking for the crack. If what Dr. Beckett said is true, we still need to find a way to safely use it. Got it. What are you waiting for, Charles? Let's get the ball rolling. Right. Charles Talbot recording for personal records. The date is... I guess the 15th. You sound so grumpy there. You should do a retake. Well, I am, as you put it, grumpy. The date is important. Good record keeping... Yes, yes, requires the measurement of time, so you said. Donahue, you're gonna lose him. Oh, calm down. This is my first time tailing someone. I know what I'm doing. Boss, the app is working. Also, you're welcome, by the way. For what? I brought the car charger. Eh, we would have been fine. It's been a few hours of driving. I think Eli is right. 
It would have been fine if you didn't take hours to pack the car. You could have helped. You didn't have to be on your phone the entire time. What do you even do on it anyways? I can't imagine you on one of those dating apps. I play my games. You play your games. Okay, Grandpa. Backing the car wasn't my idea. Oh? Why? Because it was a good one. Okay, just... H. Gray, being well prepared isn't a bad idea. Donahue, we may have gone overboard. Bringing, like, extra snacks and stuff was smart? Yeah, sure. Extra rations, weapons, survival gear, I get it. But a whole box of files... I am not going to be trapped in a timeless space without any work to do. Also, we all got to bring a personal bag. Then why did Donahue get five? First off, because you can never have too many outfits. And second, because they are my bags. And lastly, this is my car. Most of my personal bag just have the essentials. Extra food, water, files, empty cassette tapes. Yeah, the basics. Only you would consider work essential. I really wish you would have at least brought one weapon. <laughs> I am more likely to shoot myself than anything I aim at, trust me. Uh, I'll show you how to shoot sometime. At the very least, take one of Donahue's knives. Not going to happen. <sighs> Eli didn't pick a weapon. He is a weapon, Charles. Uh, guys? The app is starting to glitch. Also, maybe not the best time, but I'm starting to get a little carsick. Do not throw up in my car. Eli, why are you reaching for one of the boxes? Better one of your boxes than my car. I don't feel so good. Roll down your window. Ventilation can help. And get the car soaked? These seats are genuine Corinthian leather. Hey, Eli, uh, talk to me. What did you pack? In your bag? What? Uh, okay. I got a few extra pairs of clothes, like my green jacket, those jeans I really like, six pairs of socks because you can never have too right. many. you can never have too many socks. What else? My phone charger, a few video games, headphones, a bunch of snacks, oh, and my old laptop. I thought I lost it. Thank you, Mr. Talbot. For what? For finding my laptop. It was in one of the boxes from the office. Your... Wait, that was yours? Yeah, I must have left it in Dad's office a while back. I thought that was Dr. Owens. Nope, although it was like dead dead, I'll have to charge it when I get the chance. Wow, it is really coming down, isn't it? How's the app looking? Um, hold on. It's still working, but it's like super laggy. Donahue, you may have to get closer. If this weather keeps up. <sighs> you may be right. All the times for it to storm. Just be careful. The post office was odd, so chances are... That they are more than simple mailmen. Yes, I know. They're getting away. You might want to speed up. I have been. Damn it. I feared as much. What? What's going on? The streets themselves. They are... How do I put it? Elongating? Could be the mailman. It would make sense. They may have some sort of ability to... I don't know, control the length of the streets... Dr. Beckett also said the city tries to hide the rifts. Well, whatever it is, it's not very helpful to us. Just be careful. The roads look pretty bad. Well, which is it? Be careful or speed up? Uh, safety first. We could always track them later. Oh, can we? We might have already been made. The streets are getting longer as we tail them, and that is too convenient to be a coincidence. Mr. Talbot... Eli? Jesus, you're burning up. Donahue, we have to stop the car. Eli, uh, something is wrong. If we stop now, we might never get this chance again. Just everyone shut up. Damn it. Fine, I'm pulling over. Donahue! Uh, Talbot, get the phone. What? The app glitching out can't be a coincidence either. Get the phone and take a screenshot. Keep taking screenshots until the app crashes completely. Fine. Dr. Charles Talbot recording for personal records. The date is September 15th. Update. After pulling over, Eli was able to get out of the car and get some fresh air. The rain at the time also started to let up significantly. Eventually, his fever broke and he started to feel better. He, of course, apologized and was pretty hard on himself for a while. We rearranged the car and he is currently laying down in the back. He was pretty insistent we don't stop. So, we are on the road again. H. Gray is trying to pick up the trail. 
Speaking of, any luck? A little. Take a left up here. Talbot. I... I just wanted to say... It's fine. I get it. You didn't want to lose our lead. We all care for the little one. If it wasn't for your quick thinking, we wouldn't have had a lead at all. Thank you. Wait. Hold on. Pull over. Everything okay? The road's changed. We should be able to turn right here, but now... It's a dead end. What do we do now? Navigating the city is always difficult. Especially if you don't know where you want to go. This, however... Every time I try to make sense of the path, something changes. Turns become dead ends, or construction is placed in our path, forcing us to take a detour. I suppose the Find My Friend app isn't working? No, it keeps crashing every time I try to open it. Huh. Do we have any options? I can think of one. Well, don't leave us in suspense. I can't tell you. You're just gonna have to trust me. Ugh, that's annoying. And I'm gonna have to drive. Fine, just don't crash my car. I'm gonna do a file, if that's alright. Have at it. Tabitha, the tabby telekinetic cat's picture, is attached to the file. Aside from its eyes, it looks like a typical house cat. The eyes themselves are this deep shade of purple, with flecks of gold that spiral around the irises. Obviously, the idea of a cat that can move objects with its mind is outlandish. From a psychological perspective, it's more than possible that Miss Tanner suffered from a break in reality. And uh, I think that's a sign to stop. Uh, the weather is getting worse. I'll pick this up later. Can you even see where you're going? Kind of. How's Eli? Ah, uh, uh, still sleeping. His fever is back. I think he had a nightmare. He was talking to sleep for a minute. I've rarely seen the rain this bad. I think this should be about right. Ready to tell us what this is all about? Yeah. If I'm right, we're here. How can you tell? <laughs> the rain is so thick here. That's actually why I can tell. Oh, come on. Stop dancing around it already. Uh, the street's changing and getting longer as we drove. A storm making it hard to see. The app malfunctioning. One of these things by themselves, fine. We can chalk that up to normal city behavior. All of them at the same time, though. Someone or something doesn't want us to find the exit. Their mistake. I hope was how hard they fought in their attempt to throw us off the trail. They created the perfect breadcrumbs for us to follow. Ah, I see. The more resistance we faced, the more we were on the right track. I dare say that was a smart move, Mr. Gray. H. Gray. So, what now? We verify. This is just a theory. We have to see the exit to be sure, which means... We have to go out there? But it's raining. You can stay in the car if you want. Not a chance. Luckily, I did bring umbrellas. Not sure how much they will help, however. What about Eli? Should we just let him sleep in the car? The rain won't be good for him. Eh, uh, I don't know. You're not wrong. But with so many unknowns, leaving him seems unsafe. Especially if he's asleep. True. Normally his spark mode is more than enough to put my mind at ease. Hmm. And we are too far in to just turn back. Alright, I'll wake him. Eli. Eli. Mr. Talbot? What is going on? Well, we think we are here. The problem is, is we need to go out and, uh, this. Can you walk, little one? Yeah, I think so. One final thing. I know we're heading out into a sheet of rain that will make seeing near impossible. But can we please not get separated again? Everyone okay? This was a horrible idea! This is only getting worse. Should we head back? That was... 
sudden. Perhaps we're in the eye of the storm? Regardless, thank God. I'm soaked. I need to sit down. Right. Ah, uh, just stay in sight. Mm-hmm. What is this place? Looks like an entryway of sorts. A gated property, perhaps. Either way, beyond that gate is just forestry. No. I know this place. This is Gwendolyn Manor. From the Juliet Sanders case. Yeah. Someone fixed this gate. What's this? Damn. We've got a problem. Of course we do. There are markings on the gate bars. We're gonna need Greg. Why? I've seen these types of shapes and symbols before. It's spell work. I don't know exactly enough to say what, though. Worst case? We try to open up the gate and end up as a pretty stain on the driveway. Aw, you think I'd be a pretty stain? Uh, um, let's head back and get Greg. We know where we're going now, so would that make it easier getting back? Mind if I take a look? Be my guest. Just don't touch anything. If you see anything glow, well, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Such charming lies. To answer your question, yes. Knowing that we're heading for Gwendolyn Manor should make it easier to get here. That's not guaranteed, though. And the symbols, or sigils, or whatever. Greg is still a long shot. He knows more of the basics than I do, but, uh... I have the feeling we'll have to add this to the list of things to figure out. Uh, one step forward and two steps back. Perhaps not. The sigils don't seem to be active. I'm sorry, what? Just as I said. I may not know much about magic, but I assume the pattern must be unbroken, yes? From, uh, from what I've seen, yes, but, uh... Then we are in luck. The gate was left ever so slightly ajar, so the sigils aren't connected. I'm not surprised you missed it. It's very subtle. But spellwork must be extremely precise, I assume. In theory. Could still be dangerous. Well, it's not, because I opened the gate further. You what? Oh, calm down. I'm fine. So it's just... unlocked. A trap? Hmm. It's more likely that it was an accident. Oh, right. Because secret organizations like the mailmen that can control the streets of the city and apparently have access to powerful magic just left the door open. What seems like dark magic and sinister workings to us is a normal Thursday for them. Ridiculous. Uh, Talbot. I'm sorry, but he's not wrong. Routine breeds complacency, which in turn can produce a higher chance of mistakes. It's why redundancy is so important. Multiple systems to account for the occasional and inevitable failure of one or more of said systems. Bottom line, we need to take this chance while it's here. It's unlikely they'll be careless next time. Like you said, we need to verify the exit is here. Fine. This is still a scouting mission. We have time, so you two wait here and... I thought we weren't splitting up. Look, this spot is safe. I'll run back and get Greg. There may be other traps or magic that he can help with. I'll also take Eli back. No! I'm not leaving! We came so far. Eli, you're sick. Which I have never seen before. We need to get you looked at. I hate to keep taking the opposite side on this, but as you said, this place is safe. We are in the eye of the storm. Taking him back out into it may be worse on him. If I go with you, then I won't get to see the exit. I helped all of this. I want to see this through. I understand where you're coming from, H. Gray, but... Without his find-my-friend idea, we wouldn't have gotten this far. He earned to see it, at least. How am I the bad guy here? Fine. I won't be long. Keep him safe. Of course. Oh, let me walk you to the car. We should at least have our bags, just in case. That's a great idea. I'm not carrying back all five of your bags. You mean I have to pick just one? Uh, uh. Are you all right? Yeah. Your ankle? As long as we're moving, or doing something, I'm fine. Adrenaline, I suppose. Times of calm can be much worse than times of action. Uh, Tell me about it. Still, I don't want to get used to fighting for my life. You say that, but there may come a day where you crave it. Uh, Perhaps I'm just projecting. This is torture. How long has it been? A few hours. I'm not sure my phone died. Not just yours. Perhaps they got wet and just need to dry? We could just 
you know, press on. What? H. Gray said. I know what he said. Look at the sky. The clouds are moving. If we are in the eye of the storm, we won't be for long. With Eli in the shape he is, he would do well inside a house. I see your point. And plus, think I... about it. The entire reason Gwendolyn Manor was dangerous to begin with was because of the rug and because of Juliet Sanders, both of which are back at Dr. Olin's office. Can you even walk? Yeah, I'll be fine. Uh, uh fine. Okay, okay. Age Grey's gonna kill us, but yeah, you're right. Finally. How's the ankle? Uh, hurts like hell, but I'm fine. So, this is Gwendolyn Manor. It's beautiful. It's all right. Hold on. Do you see that? Over there, in the hedge maze. I... I think so. That orange light? Uh, it could just be a glare off some metal or something. Or it could be the famed exit. Maybe. Either way, we should wait for H. Gray. Oh, come on. We are right here. Sure, but Eli... Already looks much better. Right, Eli? Uh-huh. I'm okay. See? He's okay. Eli, are you sure you... Yeah, it's not that far. Wonderful. So it's set. Uh, Donahue, just... Not so fast. We should head back. We've been walking for her who knows how long. Clearly, this is one of those bigger-on-the-inside type mazes. No. We're close. I can feel it. Donahue, I can barely walk, and Eli is not in any better shape. We have to be close. We have to. Eli? Donahue, it's Eli. He... Donahue! So close. Lucian! Charles? Eli, is he... Unconscious. Donahue, what is going on with you? Sorry, I... Don't. Here, let me... I'll carry him. Alright. Are you sure you're alright? Yes. I... Perhaps it's an effect of the place. Dipping into... Please understand, Charles. I grew up in the city. It never even occurred to me that there is a way out. A place other than here. So when I heard that, I... I get it. Let's shelve this for later. Yes. Yes, of course. Wait, shouldn't we turn here? No. The exit is this way. I... Sure, I I thought... Charles, I may have been under some pull, but I didn't lose my wits. I know the way out. Right. Sorry. Could you at least take my bag? Eli is far more heavy than I would have thought. Sorry, I know your ankle isn't doing well. Yeah. uh, No problem. I'll just... Donahue, are you sure this is the... What? What is that? If I had to guess, the exit. You weren't leading us to the exit of the maze, you... Oh, calm down. I honestly thought we were heading out. But just look at it. It's beautiful. This looks like the rift. I'm sorry, you would know what it looks like? Oh, different rift. Uh, H. Gray told me a story about a cult. They opened this tear in reality. I think they were trying to bring their god or something through it. I'm not sure. That part wasn't very clear. The way H. Gray described it was, well, this. Fascinating. Donahue, what are you doing? Get away from it. This is recon only. Of course, of course. I just need a closer look. Donahue! What in the hells? Charles, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I I was able to move out of the way. This pit looks familiar somehow. Are you okay? How's Eli? We're fine. This pit. But it can't be. Can it? Is there a way you go around it? Or jump it? Around? No. And with Eli, I'm not sure if I could make that. But Charles, this isn't a normal crack in the ground. (laughs) Really? And here I thought... Charles, listen to me. If you fall into that, there is no end. You will fall and fall, likely forever. Wait, I've seen this pit before. The back halls. It was in the back halls. How... how do you know of it? Not important right now. It is alive, Charles. How did it escape the back halls? Perhaps when we remove the rug? The pit... 
also known as the Deep Hunger, was not the only thing that escaped that day. Greg? Greg, it's important. Where are you? It's Greg? A good timing. I was about to start my lunch break. Look, we got a lead. A solid lead on a lift. <laughs> that is good, yes. Problem is, there's magic involved. Like, heavy magic. I haven't seen anything like this since, uh, well, since Wallace. Father, he has been gone for years. Do you think he's back? No, I... Uh, maybe. Maybe someone got a hold of one of his books. I need you to look at it. I'll try. Oh, speaking of father, I was cleaning his office and I found this. Now, where did I... Ah, here it is. A file. Wallace didn't keep patient files. Maybe Olin asked him to... No, stay focused, H. Gray. I'll look at this later. We should meet back up with the others. You should look at it now. I tried calling you, but your phone was off. Yeah, it died and then got rained on. Look, I don't have time. You should make time. Uh, fine. Hold on. This is... No. No, 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 no. But... How did I miss this? He lied to us. Damn it. Greg, we have to go now before someone gets killed. That voice. Charles reached into Lucian's bag and retrieved a gun. I can't control my... Gavin's gun. Handing over my pack would seem to have backfired. Donahue, what's going on? Now, how did you get out of that box, I wonder? Lucian never expected to be confronted again by the voice. Charles' mind whirled with confusion. He did not know what was happening before him. Just like he didn't know that he always carried the key with him since that day in the back halls. Oh, get to the point. Why must you always be so long-winded? Go on, use that gun to threaten me into whatever it is you're going to do. Charles raised the gun to his own head. Donahue, I can't control my body. I, what? No doubt you agreed to let this <clears throat> thing edit your story. Am I right? Lucian was going to take the brass key through the threshold. For it was not only Lucian who wanted to be free of the city and see what is beyond. And if I decline? He knew the answer to his question no sooner than the words left his lips. The voice that Charles calls Key had learned its lesson from last time. Lucian would not bend even with a gun pointed at him. The key also knew that Gavin's gun was one thing he couldn't destroy. Or perhaps wouldn't. What is he talking about? Donahue, what is happening? Oh, sweet Charles. You are so naive sometimes. Key is using you as a hostage. He thinks by threatening your life he can get what he wants. Then give it to him. Without a way to navigate the exit, he could- No. What? <sighs> I could say something about the lives it could influence should it get out of our sight, but what would be the point? Simply put, I refuse to let it win. What are you talking about? I'm just going to set you down for a moment, Eli. There we go. It's exhausting, you know. Every day I have to pretend to be something I'm not. Be half of who I am. And for what? For you to bumble your way around like a toddler? Protecting you from hitting the sharp edges of a table because you barely know how to walk, yet try to run. It's miraculous, you know. Eli, I understand. He is a child and way too trusting. But you, H. Gray? Come on now, how dense can you two be? Scratch that. H. Gray is washed up and drunk at least half the time. You... You have no excuse. The irony here is that Key thinks you're important to me. That you have become a friend. You are a burden at 
best. A disappointment. You... You don't mean that. You're just... No, this isn't real. Motion's in a folder. This can't be happening. This isn't happening. Everyone just... Charles' mouth clamped shut. For the voice knew what Charles denied and refused to let him speak. Yes, a bluff. Charles had a point. He was trying to trick the key, but it wasn't going to fall for it. Not again. The voice knew that Charles was important to Lucian. The key had watched and waited patiently. In that time, Lucian had... I... What just... Confused? Let me explain it to you for once. Lucian knew the key would talk on and on, growing tired of the thing's antics. He took the only chess piece the key had off the board. I'll admit, narrating things like that is a bit fun. I see why you do it. You... You killed him! Hmm. Tried to. I'm surprised dear old Charles is still breathing. He should have popped like a balloon. Ah well, no matter. Even from here I can see that his breathing is getting more shallow by the second. It won't be long now. Well, if that's all the cards you had to play, I have a rift in space and time to catch. Wait! Lucian had seen what the key could do. He knew of its power. Although nothing compared to him, the key could still still be useful. What a fascinating proposal. Tell you what, Charles is still alive, so you still have minor power over his surroundings. Show me you can actually be of use. Close the pit and save Charles. If you do those two things, then I might consider taking you with me. Charles was in severe danger. His body was quickly failing him. To alter his story and return him to perfect health would drain the key of much of its energy. Not to mention, the deep hunger is technically alive. The best key could do would be to move it elsewhere, but that single action would also nearly drain the key of his power. To do both was impossible. It couldn't be done. That is a shame. Oh well, enjoy the city, old friend. Wait, wait! Perhaps if... Yes. The pit seemed to close. Bridging the gap with solid ground once more. In reality, the pit was simply moved in the adjacent house for the time being. Child's injuries healed, not fully, and not quite enough to save his life. Disappointing. But, 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 the hedge maze. The, the grass walls parted. Revealing a clear pathway from where Charles' body is now to the driveway. H. Gray would soon arrive and couldn't miss it. H. Gray knew enough about field medicine to possibly, definitely save his life. The key had fulfilled both requirements. Lucian didn't respond. Though the voice waited on bated breath for him to speak. Still ignoring him, Lucian walked to Charles' body. No doubt to check his vitals. No. Not to check his vitals, but to retrieve his pack. I'll also be taking the gun, if you don't mind, Charles. Now, where are you hiding? Left pocket. <sighs> Lucian was smart enough to retrieve the brass key with a piece of cloth fetched from his back. 
It reminded him that at some point the key would need to come into contact with another if Lucian was to make use of it in the future. Perhaps the unconscious child. Imagine what Lucian could accomplish with the boy's power at his command. I must admit, the way you managed to pull off my request was quite clever. Yes, yes, the key could be of great use to Lucian. Shame that it nearly drained you of all of your power, including your defenses. Wait, the key did not like how- It's as I told Charles when we first met. Careful, I'm the clever one. Wait! Hmm. Ash? I do miss doing that. Lucian walked back to Eli and... picked him up before looking at the rift. Resolved to see what was on the other side. It really is rather addictive to talk like that. Anyway, little one, let's find your father, shall we? This episode is a Dark Papers Entertainment production. Showrunners for this episode were Christopher George and Dalton Lewis. This episode was written by Christopher George. Script editing was done by Dalton Lewis. Dr. Charles Talbot was voiced by Christopher George. H. Gray was voiced by Michael Williams. Key was voiced by Peter O'Keefe. Dr. Angela Beckett was voiced by Caroline Peltier. Lucian Donahue was voiced by Dakota Hamlin. And Eli was voiced by Dalton Lewis. Let's go back.